20 Things I Already Know, a podcast from a know-it-all. I am Sabrina. I'm Ivy. And today we are back with another obscure story. Ivy, how are you? Doing all right. How are you today? I'm doing good. I'm doing just fine. I'm very happy because we have a, a special guest back. Third appearance on the show. Yep. Three. Count them. Three. Mr. Doc Williams. Hello. Hello. How are you guys doing? Good. What you got for us today, sir? Hmm. Well, what do you know about Disneyland? It's expensive. Uh, that's fair Never enough. Never been? Okay. Me neither. Well, what do you know about the Disney Institute? Lots of different departments. All right, all right. Lots of creative styles. All right. So I come creative to you people. having a funny story about Walt Disney or the intricacies of Disneyland. Which one would you like me to tell? Hmm. I feel like funny story. Yeah, both. Both. just do both. All right. Yeah. So, all right. So, basically, Walt Disney, um, he was always taking big bets, pretty much. So, the reason I say that is everything that he tries to do, even when people told him no, he would go ahead and do it. So, he started the company, Disney, with his brother, and they were already in the business of creating cartoons and movies and everything like that. And Walt Disney started Disneyland after he took his kids to the carnival. And he was like, you know what would be really good if it was a carnival, but like not all of this junk. And he's like, I would want it cleaner. I would want it actually fun and it would be safe. Unlike with all these carnies, I'm going to create my own thing called Disneyland. Where you will put the carnies in nicer outfits. Exactly. <laughs> and that they're, they're going to have unions and like they can't run off and all those things. So he tells his brother, and he's like, yeah, I want to do this. His brother's like, oh, you want to you create a, a real thing? He's like, and Walt Disney's like, I want to create a live movie in a park. And his brother's like, yeah, we're not going to do it. So Disney, Walt Disney, uh, sold his vacation home and uh, took some of the best animators and had a secret location and went to town creating Disneyland. And those were the first Imagineers where he would take engineers and artists and they would transform it into some of the best uh, rides in the park in the park what, architecture. What year was this? Was he pretty well established? Uh, this was like 1940s. Okay. So they started... Snow White was already out by this point? Say it again. Snow White was already out by this point. Actually, I know. I think by the time it became fruition, yes. He had two other films. He, he has two other films that got an Academy Award before Snow White, though. Which I always thought Snow White was the first one, but he actually had a lot of other films before Snow White. Mm-hmm. That was the first motion picture in uh, color and everything. And probably theatrical length. Like a, mm-hmm. Is that what it was? Uh, I'll have to check that. I'll have to check that because I know some were shorter. Uh, there might be one that was theatrical length before that. but yeah. So he would have been thinking about Disneyland for a while. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, he did it. And he's like, I'm going to have standards, unlike all these other carnies. And I'm going to put them through this school and learn how to do it. So that's why he had, like, the cast is employees. They're actually castmates. Um, the scenery you have when you're on, on stage and when you're off stage. And when you're on stage, you don't break character. You never break character. So um, he established all that stuff. But what's more interesting to me is the intricacies of what he did. For instance, you know, there's different parks, right? For instance, Magic Kingdom, et cetera, et cetera. 
Well, did you know, Ivy, that the concrete changes based on which land you go into? Yes, I did think, I did hear of that, like different, the, it changes into different colors, different themes. Even, the, even um, the concrete, though. Like the texture? Even the texture of concrete changes. Wow. Um, so he did that. Um, how about this, Brenda? Did you know that they mapped out throughout the entire park? the exact measurement of where every trash can is so you won't litter. Mm. Mm. So that they can sell you their high-priced food, but you won't throw the <laughs> packaging on the ground. Exactly. Did you know that uh, where the food is, if it's hot or cold, it changes the color of the sign? or the, It doesn't change by you touching it. But if you're getting a cold or if you're getting a dessert, every, um, every sign is blue. When it's hot food, everything's red. What is that thing too about that? Uh, there's something that every cast member carries on them. Every cast member carries mm. two items because it's two things that could potentially ruin someone's day. Yeah, so they carry a small uh, can of oil if because if you're in a wheelchair. They also um, have a glass repair kit and a sewing kit too. I thought and a sewing kit, sir. Yep. Yeah, and a sewing kit. So that way you never get your day ruined. But also, oh, go ahead, Ivy. I also did hear that, um, didn't Walt Disney live in Disneyland at one point? Like in That is true. So he was in one of the main buildings. So that's why they still have the candle and the light on. Because at night, even after it was built, Disney would just chill in that building and look and make sure everyone was having fun. Did he live there or was that his office? He slept there and they had an office there. Huh? A marital affair. I don't know what happened in his <laughs> marriage, but um, if you got if you get kicked out and you get to go to Disneyland, I think that's pretty good. Yeah, still. Yeah. Um, so there is that, and then also one last thing too. Um, what what else should I do? Training or park? Should I tell you? I don't know. You're the one presenting us with the story. Um, okay, I'll give you one last thing too. Um, Walt Disney um, made sure that everyone was having fun. <laughs> We're gonna yell, everyone is having fun over the extremely loud train in our backyard. Yeah. So everyone had to have fun. So this is uh, my favorite. They do quality scores on making sure that you can have magical moments. So like, say for instance, if you're a kid that's sick in the park, if they find out that you're sick, they'll have, excuse me, a cookie on your bed, on your pillow with a note from Mickey Mouse saying like, hope you feel better. Mm Or my favorite, which I didn't realize this because it makes sense. If you have kids, right, and you had like five kids, I'd be all of your brothers and sisters, all of those kids, they were all different ages, right? So what if some could get on the ride and some couldn't? Well, there's even sections where they will stay with the little kids if the older ones can go on with their parents. And they get a certificate to be able to ride the ride when they're the right height when they come back to Disney World. Hmm. That's sweet. It's crazy. It's crazy. So now we'll talk about the the neurotic nature of Walt Disney. Can I <laughs> wait? Just, just before we move on, I do remember um, when I was younger watching videos on YouTube about people who went through the audition process to be a castmate at Disney, and they talk about how they would have them sing and dance and all this stuff beforehand and they'd have to be acting and be in character and then they would assign them the character they would play. Um, I do remember that. And also, aren't there tunnels in Disneyland? I was going to mention that. So in Disney World, because it's, you know, a swamp, 
you're actually on the second level when you're on the street level. They made an entire level. The first floor is really the basement. Because of the swamps, they couldn't dig, you know, a basement. So you're actually on level two when you walk out. Because the, if, you're, if you're in costume and you're a pirate, they don't want you to be in the wrong location. So you can actually go through, get dressed, and pop up in the right location. Cinderella can't walk through Galaxy's Edge. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> or vice versa. Everything is all mapped out with tunnels. And you can get throughout the entire park in less than 15 minutes in the tunnels. My goodness. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. It really mm-hmm. does. I also, I, I really appreciate how if you take capitalism and you put a nice veneer of sentimentality on it, you can sell this You get Disney. <laughs> I don't see what the problem is. You're just mad you're not getting paid from it. I'm always mad I'm not getting paid. True. Okay, tell us some trick <laughs> stories. All right, Walt so Disney. Walt Disney also, um, I mean, like you were talking about, Ivy, the, the casting is very intense. They, you know, it, it, it's intense. They only want the best. But if you're the best, they want to keep you, and you should be doing your job to that degree. Nothing is more important than um, the people that keep going back. By the way, they have a 70% return rate of guests. 70%. That's insane. Anyway. 70% so, of everyone that goes comes back. 70%. Wow. Well, how many times have you been? Because you have been a lot of times. Well, yeah, probably been more than 10, probably nine, probably seven, between seven and 10 times. Well, I feel like that's partially because you can't get through the whole park the first time. Well, you know, that's true. But at the time I was in a wheelchair, so I got to go in front of everyone. Really? Yeah. What? Yeah. What happened to you? Where was uh, I mean, it's kind of a weak excuse, but I had a plan in work. <laughs> they gave me a wheelchair. <laughs> what? Have you ever had a plane in No! <laughs> you didn't know that? So you're with like the kids that have cancer being wheeled in Disney. They're like, oh, poor baby. They're like, what's wrong with you? How no, long do you have I, to live? <laughs> I will say that. <laughs> I will say you're a terrible person, but I will say at one point, I was trying to get to Star Tours and it was about to close. I got out of the wheelchair and just ran to Star Tours. <laughs> it's a miracle. I was like, I don't have time for like this. Dr. Strangelove at the end. And you just <laughs> roll yourself up out of your chair and stagger towards the ride. Anyway. I don't know. It must have been like 10 or 11 at that time. <laughs> but anyway. No, but I'm glad that you brought that up, Ivy. Later on, they actually had fast passes, and that's what changed the whole system. They put you on a Segway? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I will not stand for this, okay? Um, you know, you're, you're having too much. Um, yeah, I you've never heard that story? I've told you this story before. Um, so now, which this was later on when I wasn't there, um, it, it, you can actually go and ask for a ticket and it will uh, give you a fast pass to be there at a certain time. So say for instance, oh, yeah. so I'm there at 10.30 and there's a huge line. I take the ticket and it will say like automatic between one and two show up because they have the whole automated system that will stagger out all the tickets to streamline, excuse me, when everything should be taking place. That's like when we went to the TCM mm-hmm. movie festival. If you didn't have like the full pass, you could just show up for a movie and like hold your place in line and then they'd be like show up in an hour and your number so and so in the queue yep so. yep 
So they did that. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Oh, uh, I think you had a story, just to close it out, about Walt Disney in a train conductor. Oh, no. That's where I was going. So we'll talk about the neuroses of uh, Walt Disney. So um, at one point, and this is, by the way, courtesy of Blake Weaver, who is obsessed with Disney. To the point he might of, actually listen to this. You know, he might listen to this just because it's Disney. Um, two things. Number one, he listens to two Disney podcasts. And there's a podcast where all you do is hear the music of Disney, which he used to listen to years ago. <laughs> I mean, your face. <laughs> no worries. He loved Disney. I'm sorry. Like, I did not mean to make that face. Sorry. That's, that's a fair face to make. We love you, Blake. <laughs> if you're listening. She's lying. She's lying. So, the, the, so this goes into um, Walt Disney wanted to make sure everyone was having fun and everyone was doing their job, right? So he would time everything. He would go on the rides, go to everything. So one time he, um, he was, oh, I have one on the rides. Oh, this is co- combination. So this makes sense. One was, you know, it was, they do a safari, right? And, um, um, or, animal, is that the no, no, no. what's the thing when they take you on the water, but you get to see hippos and everything. Anyway, you get to see a bunch of animals. Mm-hmm. The thing is, Walt Disney once got in the, the, whatever, the apparatus, the boat, and he was in it and he looked and he's like, wait a minute, you did this whole ride in three and a half minutes. He's like, this is a seven minute ride. He's like, do you know how much those hippopotamus cost? You're going to get every single... <laughs> Uh, Captain, you're going to do seven minutes. I don't care if they're bored. They paid for seven minutes. They're going to get it. So he reamed out everyone. Everyone in the, uh, the department head had to retrain all of the uh, conductors. And then he just kept riding that ride randomly. <laughs> just kept showing up randomly. To ride the boat. Yeah. And he all he did was just keep timing them. And he would dress up or low-key so people wouldn't know it was him. Just to test it out. And then the engineer saw him and like Walt Disney just gave him a thumbs up and like walked away. (laughs) The second part, which is my favorite, this is from Blake Weaver. Uh, Like Ivy mentioned, he did have an apartment in the uh, Disneyland. And he also had a train conductor outfit in the Disneyland, uh, uh, you know, in the park. So at certain points, he would put on the train conductor outfit and just go up to the engineer and be like, take a break. And he would just switch places and just drive people around Disneyland. And Did he I know how to people around Disneyland? <laughs> did he know how to operate that machinery? Sure. I didn't say I didn't say he was well or did it well. He killed thirty people. Yeah, but I just thought <laughs> that you know if it was anyone but Disney, like that's a beginning of a horror film. But because it's Disney, it's Walt. Uh, you know, people re- react fondly. Did about they know it. that it was him though, or did he just? I know. Him? I mean, the thing is, <laughs> I mean, how many times do you really think Walt Disney? Was going to be there, so he, he never really, identified himself. You know, so. He just really wanted to make people happy. Yeah, and he was always asking kids. Oh, and one last thing. One thing. Do you notice that's why all of the windows go so low, so the kids can see into the stores? Hmm. You got to start that 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 consumer habit early. <laughs> How many kids did he have? Um, when he, I don't know the total, but I think at least two daughters. Uh, but I don't know the total. Hmm. I only mentioned to his kids once when he got the idea. That's very interesting. You mm-hmm. wonder why it is that like he thought that that was so important. Like, did he have a really bad childhood when he was intent on making kids happy? I think he two things. I think he liked the imagination and how pure kids were, and like how they saw the world. 
And I also think that he genuinely, well, I mean, he always talks about it in his book or it's quotes from him, like the, the market is going to tell you if you're good or not. And kids fundamentally change the world because they're the next generation up. So if you can't identify or understand how kids are thinking, you will fail at your business at some point. RIP MySpace. Mm-hmm. They weren't thinking about it. They weren't thinking about it. But you look at how Disney has really, Disney Plus is the only thing that has saved Disney in this time of pandemic. True. And so they were looking forward because they said, even though they spent millions, if not more, uh, years before and getting it wrong and doing all these things, Disney Plus is the thing that is the most profitable thing for Disney. And that's why Disney is changing their model. They're not totally at a loss if uh, theaters close or even if they have to close Disneyland. Because they're going to direct to consumer instead of having another area. And so that was the whole thing. They were saying with Disney, you're going direct to consumer because they're coming in and they're trying to, again, have a deeper relationship and long lasting. And that's why they have other things. And it's making an emotional connection to what you experience mm-hmm. when you, either you watch something from Disney or if you've been to the park. And so that's the, and this is a whole other thing, but this is what the difference between like Nintendo and like Disney, because a lot of the Disney family, like the nephews and all of them, they're really upset when Disney bought Pixar because they said all originality should come from within. They shouldn't outsource and buy. But if you don't outsource, you're going to stagnate. And so that's what they're saying, the difference between, well, look what Nintendo had the whole problem, same thing too. Oh, really? So they were talking about Disney. The only reason Disney is at this is because they aggressively spent money on Pixar, then Marvel, then 20th Century. And Star Wars. And Star Wars. If they did not do that, Disney would not be around. And that's a whole other story about, um, what is it, Iger? No, Bob Iger, who's it before him? Um, Eisner. Eisner against Steve Jobs. But at the same time, now you get all these different companies. It becomes more of a corporation and less of... So, like, if Walt Disney saw Disney today, what do you think he would think? Oh, I don't think he would be happy because he, he told all of his... Like, all of the cartoonists and everything. I think it's a double-edged sword, actually. The reason I say that, Ivy, is because... It it wouldn't have lasted the way that he would want to. Either he would have died on that hill and Disney would have died, or he would have had to adapt with the time. I think if he was woken up from his labyrinth of ice, his head, (laughs) to see what would happen, and no one gave him context, I think he he would be He was like a head in Futurama being carried around in a jar. At the same time, I guess the question is, when do you sacrifice integrity for the sake of the company? Yeah. But see, I think that's the thing, too. Like, he had all these, from what I can tell, he had all these sentimental ideas that built up the tenets of what Disney is. I think so. But he's still a businessman. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the whole thing. He expanded this way in order to do what he wanted to do. Um, and he made the park because he understood how filthy rich you could be. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's a, it's a balancing act. I will say the Disney Institute is just incredible. Excuse me, if I could go, I, I would actually go. I would go back to Disney World just to see all the intricacies. Um, it's really crazy what he accomplished. But 
it, it just depends. Mm -hmm. It just depends. Well, yeah, and I think that we're prone to. Oh, well, listen, I'm going to say that's the problem. Most of his relatives that were on the board kept trying to stick to what Walt would, would have done. Mm -hmm. And that's why they almost went bankrupt because they were like, we've got to stick to the fundamentals. Mm -hmm. But that, that doesn't mean that he might not have changed later on. They were trying to think about the idealistic ways he did in the 1940s with the changing world. Now, on the other side, they still keep very strict rules. Like women couldn't wear pantyhose until, or could only wear pantyhose even in summer. Could not wear pantyhose. Could not wear until 2010. And men couldn't even wear mustaches until 20, 2000. Every, and you're, and the, if you're an employee. If you're an employee, if you're an actor. Because yeah, and part yeah. of that is because they have visitors that come from other countries. Yeah. They don't want to offend anyone. Yeah, yeah. So very it's, interesting. But I, yeah. I think that goes back though. Like we we have this idea that like pre you know, what when we were children, like mm -hmm. you know, like the thirties, forties, fifties, that all that was built on a lot of artistic integrity, and it wasn't. It was all built on money. Right. Listen, that's how they were talking about when he first got his first money was hustling movie theaters to play his cartoons at the beginning and he would borrow the machines to do it. I mean, but it's I'm saying amazing like, what he But I'm saying it. like that sort of thing is still possible now, but but we shouldn't delude ourselves into thinking like like 20th Century Fox and MGM and companies like that got big because they were huge conglomerates that mm -hmm. just happened to be turning out things like Star Wars and Wizard of Oz oh, that yeah. are sentimental for people now. But all they cared about was their bottom line. You know? well, and that, that's and, why they skirted child labor laws and mm, things like that. And well, that's another thing too. Disney did say the reason they were so wanted it to be generational, Disney and Mickey Mouse and everything, because once you hit generational influence, it's more power because now you're spreading it to another generation, which is more people that will be emotional. They were saying like the same thing like Super Bowl. Right, the Super Bowl wasn't great. It didn't have great numbers for the first couple of decades. Mm. But once it hit multiple generations, and you now remember being with your parents, or you remember being with your grandparents with the same characters or the same type of event, you hit this apex where everyone is willing to spend money on your product, and that's what they were trying to hit with Disneyland. Which is why franchises work too. Correct. Yeah, it's very interesting. Mm. My thing with Disney now is I feel like they relied too much on that aspect of it on the general generational nostalgia or whatever that it does it has absolutely no new artistic value so agreed, <laughs> but look at this right how long so netflix it took netflix almost 10 years to get to their numbers they're almost at like 190 right um because of covid and disney plus disney has made up 10 years of ground in less than four months well, they, they've got that many subscribers. They've got that many subscribers. And by the way, that's um, before they've really like done the influx of all the new stuff. That's crazy. Like, it, it's, it was good. And I do think, because there's still obviously like tons of creative people that work there, but mm -hmm. I do think that like lately the reliance has been on recycling, well, like Star Wars, for instance, you know, like yeah. recycling that, you know, sentimental value. Yeah, or the remakes, the live action remakes they make now. Yeah. Whereas when it comes to like cartoons and animated films, those have kind of dwindled out, I guess, for Disney. Now it's just like Frozen. <laughs> or yeah. Pixar makes makes still makes, I think, good, pretty good animated films, but Yeah, and Pixar's still under Disney, right? 
Yeah. So they're all together. You're exactly right. So yeah, like I think like that's the only department where we're really you gotta want you gotta read right. Creativity Inc. You gotta read I'll Creativity Inc. Yeah. That's talking about all the animators because they were saying that it it was so much in Disney that other people didn't want to take risks or you didn't want to help someone else. So they would be like, yeah, that, that, that cartoon, like jungle to jungle with Tim Allen. That sounds great. Like, yeah, go do that. <laughs> and like, if, if it was Pixar in the conception of it, it would have been chopped to the floor. And they were talking about that. The Pixar's team went back in to help the Disney team. And that's how frozen. So came like, out. Oh, you're failing. Yeah. Because they were, they were talking about it. Like when Tim Bird and all them, they all the biggest directors at Pixar, they used to tear each other up and they would like halfway through the movie production. They're like, yeah, this is terrible. Like we can't release it. And that never happened at Disney because their egos or you didn't, you're like, well, I'm going to keep my idea to myself. And Pixar's team came back and redid the entire department at Disney. And that's how Frozen came out. Interesting. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. I, but I do think that there's still like a nice, the the creativity is still there because like in things like well like the Mandalorian like in the TV show like their new um, the way that they capture it, it's in a real 3D environment you know the way that they do all the shots and everything like they're not on a green screen you know all of that is like live motion projection so and I feel like that kind of goes back to the same thing of like how they were figuring out how to do the layering like the rotoscoping and like the glass plates and Snow White and how you could get like those nice effects together. I feel like I feel like the sentimental stuff has always come second because they had good creative teams first. Mm. Mm. Okay. And my only thing is I feel like now it's a less focus on children and more like, oh, what can we sell to children? Whereas oh. like when you think of like the Disney Renaissance where with all those like Aladdin and Lion King and Mulan, it was all like centered on bringing a message to kids and i feel like now that's kind of been replaced by okay how many how many mandalorian masks can we sell at target this year that's <laughs> funny that's actually what they brought up keep in mind too the merchandising was totally different so really they were talking about that disney didn't know how to merchandise until later on actually after 1977 after star wars started merchandising beforehand how Disney used to get people was putting it in the Disney vault and re-releasing it. That's right. Mm-hmm. Because they, would, they would only re-release the movies in the theaters and then they would only release the VHS tapes for a limited time. And they said until they figured out that they didn't need to do the Disney vault, that's how they kept making money. Or Like that was, you got to read this book. It, that was their secret sauce. They're like, we'll put it in the Disney vault. Then we'll put it out. <laughs> then we'll put it back in. But you got to read the book. It, it's I remember they did that with Beauty and the Beast a couple times, I think. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is why, uh, like, Fantasia came out and flopped and bombed. And they put it in the vault. And then it came out 20 years later and yeah. it was a huge success. So, And I didn't know Fantasia came out in the 40s. I thought it was a lot later. But it came out in the 40s and then it came... And by the way, it was more expensive than most live-action films. Then they came back in the 60s. And then that's when people remember Fantasia coming out. But they were killed. They almost went bankrupt after they did Fantasia. Wow. Yeah. That's very interesting. Good stuff. Well, thank you. That's very, it was a good overview, educational uh, talk on Disney. Well, thank you very much. Uh, This is all from the book uh, Be Our Guest. And then also, if you look at the Bob Iger, like, um, 
like biography, which by the way, the only reason he got the job was he used to work for ABC. So that's a whole other problem. But it's hilarious. There we go. Well, thank you very much. All right. Well, anything else to add? <laughs> I um, anything our listeners should know? I don't think so. We still have the Instagram page. By the way, this is not a hate on Disney on my part. I'm just bitter. Um, <laughs> I used to really, really love Disney. Um, so it's just disappointment. But please don't come after us, Disney. We love you. For the most part. <laughs> sounds like an like abusive relationship. That's about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Well, until next time, this has been Don't Tell Me Things I Already Know.